From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox president Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF. Welcome to Prognosis. I'm Laura Carlson. It's day 326 since coronavirus was declared a global pandemic. Today's main story, Biden's new COVID czar is known among Democrats as a problem solver. But will that be enough for the job ahead? But first, here's what happened in virus news today. AstraZeneca and the University of Oxford are planning to have a re-engineered shot that protects against new mutations available by the fall. The more protective vaccine would come just in time for another round of immunizations that may be required before next winter. Andrew Pollard, chief investigator of the Oxford trials, said switching out the genome sequence, manufacturing and completing new studies for a vaccine against variants should be fairly quick. A new study shows promising signs for the immunity of people who have been infected with COVID-19. According to a report by UK Biobank, a major biomedical database, some 88% of participants who tested positive for a previous infection retained antibodies for six months. At three months, the number was 99%. The results follow other, smaller studies that indicate some level of immunity for at least six months after a natural infection. Finally, Mexico's health agency approved Russia's Sputnik V vaccine for emergency use. That's according to Deputy Health Minister Hugo lopez Gatel, who spoke at a press conference today. The country has secured 1.4 million doses of the vaccine through March. Mexico is betting on close to 55 million total vaccine doses by the end of April. The nation was the first to start vaccinating in Latin America, but fell behind others in the region after a delay in Pfizer shipments. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. And now for today's main story. Joe Biden's new COVID-19 czar is a former business executive and Biden ally named Jeff Zients, who is little known to most Americans. 
Zions doesn't have a medical or military background, like the two men who ran Operation Warp Speed, the Trump administration's vaccine delivery program. I spoke to reporter Anna Edney, who says the posting will test Zions' reputation with Democrats in Washington as the go-to guy when things go awry. There's a new face to the Biden administration's policy to beat COVID-19 in the U.S., but to many Americans, it's not exactly a familiar one. I was wondering if you might just tell us who is Jeff Zients? Sure. Um, You know, he's somebody who has worked behind the scenes um, a lot in government, actually, but hasn't really been kind of the the main face of of some of his efforts um, like he is now out in front on this COVID response for the Biden administration. Um, But Jeff Zients actually started his career on the business side. Um, He was doing some consulting and stepped into the Obama administration, actually, um, after a pretty successful business career. And he was Obama's first chief performance officer. Um, It was a new position that the administration had created to try and um, get government running a little more smoothly, tackle big things like the hiring process, the procurement process. Um, Zions ended up also doing some work at the Office of Management and Budget um, for the White House. And he had left government for a little bit very shortly. And then in 2013, healthcare.gov, which was Obama's signature domestic issue, um, trying to get health insurance to more people. This was the website that let them sign up. It launched in October of 2013. It crashed and Zions was called in to come and, and fix it, to get the people together to fix it. He doesn't have experience really in kind of the medical world, but he's known as somebody who can pull people together, um, find the right people to do the job, get them motivated, keep people on time and get it done. And that's why he's been called back at this point now that um, Democrats are back in the White House. You know, hearing the term COVID czar, one might be forgiven to think that Someone would need a medical background for this role. But, of course, as you mentioned, Jeff Science does not have a medical background. I was wondering if you might outline some of the responsibilities he's going to be involved with in being the COVID czar. So as the COVID czar, he is going to, first off, um, be tackling the the vaccine issue. I talked to Andy Slavitt, who um, also worked in the Obama administration and now has come back as an advisor to Biden's COVID response task force, who said that vaccines are the biggest focus right now for the team. Obviously, there's a lot of other things they need to work on, but getting vaccines out to Americans will will be number one. And so Zions is going to have to focus on things like ramping up manufacturing. Um, You know, there's a lot of concern that we won't have enough of the vaccines soon enough. It's been kind of a slow rollout. But there's other things that that he'll be looking at, too, and that's testing, um, sequencing of the virus, because we're seeing all these variants coming. So the U.S. is trying to check for for variants that are happening um, and see if they can sequence the virus many, many times a day um, as samples come in. And so he has a pretty big task. One of the things people will be looking for is 
how he might use the Defense Production Act to get a lot of these things done. Um, syringes are needed for vaccines. More vaccines themselves are needed. Some people have criticized this appointment because of Zeitz's business background, specifically a group called the Revolving Door Project, an arm of the Center for Economic and Policy Research that scrutinizes executive branch appointees. Tell me more about that. The Revolving Door Project took a, a deep dive into some of his past work um, to come on to the Biden administration. Zients, um recently resigned from a private investment firm called um, Cranmere that had a healthcare you know, focus. And so their, their concern at the Revolving Door Project was less about Zions himself and more about um, someone who kind of has held his, his business positions before. They didn't really know as much about him per se, but were concerned that someone with those kind of ties would not be able to kind of deal with the business community in, in a direct enough way. Um, and that obviously remains to be seen, but Zions has been pretty adamant that he will use the Defense Production Act to get supplies where they're needed. And I mean, is there any worry that he is he is too friendly to businesses, essentially, that he will not kind of force their hand in in doing something, certainly when it comes to the pandemic, for, for the national good um, rather than, say, the bottom line? Yeah, I think that's the concern that the Revolving Door Project has is he he won't want to ask companies to do things they don't want to do or he won't want to force companies to do things they don't want to do. Obviously, there there's a great need um, for certain supplies to address this pandemic. And it's hard on companies to make a switch to making things that they don't normally make um, or to take some things offline that they make a lot of money off of to make things that they might not make a lot of money off of for the greater good. The concern is that he's he's friendly enough with businesses that he won't want to force their hand in that way. What are some benchmarks that will indicate whether or not Zions is, is a success in the role? You know, I the administration has targeted closer to really more the the end of the year for everyone to be able to get their vaccines. Um, access would come sooner, but just, you know, given the time it would take for everyone to get one, we'll be closer to the end of the year. And so I think we're looking out further along those lines um, to see if something, if there's a return to some sort of normal um, before the year is out is probably his his main benchmark. But there are other other things, other numbers that will pop up along the way. Um, the sequencing of the virus, the U.S. was not doing a lot of that under the Trump administration. So they weren't potentially catching variants um, as soon as they got to you know, U.S. soil. They were um, they're now trying to increase that. So, you know, we can kind of track the number of samples of the virus that are sequenced on a, a daily basis. Um, testing is another thing. You know, there's been a lot of complaints about testing times, wait times once you do get a test. So that's something that people are still keeping an eye on. That was Anna Edney. And that's it for our show today. For coverage of the outbreak from 120 bureaus around the world, visit Bloomberg.com slash coronavirus. 
And if you like the show, please leave us a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It's the best way to help more listeners find our global reporting. The Prognosis Daily Edition is produced by Topher Forges, Magnus Henriksen, and me, Laura Carlson. Today's main story was reported by Anna Edney. Original music by Leo Sidrin. Our editors are Rick Schein and Francesca Levy. Francesca Levy is Bloomberg's head of podcasts. Thanks for listening. down has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com.